Welcome to the Mill Spouse Coffee House Podcast. Your podcast baristas Leslie and Brittany have a latte on their minds. My kid gets in the dishwasher, that's the first thing she grabs is the knife. To like use all the help. All the help. Am I the only one that's weirded out by that situation? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask. You don't have to get dressed. You can do online hungover, y'all. That's true. Yeah. That's funny. Here are your hosts, Leslie and Brittany. Hey there, fellow military spouse Esther Inman here, and I am so excited to be sponsoring the Mill Spouse Coffee House podcast. While my husband was an active duty Marine, I figured out real quick that a traditional corporate job was not going to work with deployments happening at the drop of a hat and this PCS lifestyle. I needed a career that could move with me and as a mom, something that allowed me the flexibility of not being chained to a desk all day. I started working online as a virtual assistant and have since helped almost a thousand women work online as VAs too. I want to extend the invitation to you to join the work from anywhere military life takes you revolution happening right now. I have so many goodies for you to help you kick off your online career, but start with my free class at 90dayva.com. It has a workbook and legit online job resources. No degree or experience needed. Check it out at 90dayva.com. See you in class. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mill Spouse Coffee House. Welcome, welcome. Good We're morning. So, <laughs> we are so, yeah, you hear, hear a third voice this morning, and we are so excited to have Sheena with the Dear Mill Family podcast on with us today. Um, Sheena is actually one of the original Mill Spouse podcast hosts. Um, you definitely need to go check out the Dear Mill Family podcast. Both Leslie and I have been um, guests on her show. And actually, when Sheena and I recorded, what, like two and a half years ago or something? Yeah. Three years ago, I got inspired to start my own podcast after being on hers. So mm-hmm. she really is the reason why this whole Mill Spouse <laughs> Coffee House is going and everything. So we owe that to you. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> yes, yeah. Sheena. Way to go. OG. Oh, thank you. <laughs> OG. OG. Did y'all yeah. know that I originally I like thought... OG. <laughs> no, you are. But I originally thought OG meant original girl I didn't realize that like I thought oh. it for wow oh, wow <laughs> I know <laughs> I know that's so funny how uh, long okay at what point did you realize it was not girl um it probably was like earlier this year that I was like oh wow. it's oh whoa yeah no, I, <laughs> I, I had never heard that until I guess whenever teen mom OG came out that's when I was like what is OG I don't get this. But anyway, whatever. (laughs) That's not the point of this conversation. (laughs) It was a good one, though. I know. So, Sheena, real quick, for those of um, our listeners that aren't familiar with your podcast, do you want to just share a little bit about you and your podcast, of course, because we want to make sure that that we send some listeners your way as well. Um, And then we'll go ahead and jump into our topic. Oh, sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so the Dear Mill Family podcast just came out of this idea of um, wanting to include everybody in military life because sometimes we think of military members and military families as just a certain way, you know, uh, husband and wife, and the husband is the one who is serving, and they have two and a half kids and <laughs> a dog, and, you know, and uh, it's not it's not like that at all. We're, we're all different, and the military community is so diverse, and I just wanted to start 
um, hearing people's stories. And I wanted to start recording different stories from people of what military life is like for them. So I really like to get those stories from people who um, feel maybe like their story isn't reflected in that, that stereotypical ideal. So there we, I've done an episode on a transgender military family. I've done an episode on a, um, a homosexual couple that is in the military and what it was like before and after, uh, don't ask, don't tell. So I, I really try and bring everybody's perspective into it. I try. That's <laughs> really important. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's really important. Yeah. So that's great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, and everybody can find you at Deer Mill. Is it DeerMillFamily.com is your website? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then on Stitcher, Podbean, all of those kind of good Yeah. All the major ones. Yeah, for cool. sure. Cool. All the places. All yes. the places. <laughs> all the podcatcher places. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, guys, today Sheena is with us because we're going to be talking about um, being a, an autism mom. And um, Sheena has experience with that. So we want to learn what it's like for you, Sheena, and, and what that means and what it is and just, you know, how it, it, it can resonate with our audience. And um, mm-hmm. we just want to talk about it. Yeah, I think, um, and probably moms who have kids with other special needs could probably relate to my experience as well. Um, I, you know, we found out my son was autistic um, in February of this year, 2019. And, um, you know, we kind of always knew he had ADHD and, uh, we just kind of wanted to see what would happen when he got into kindergarten, how he would handle it. And, um, his teacher was like, I, I see the ADHD, but I feel like there's something else there too. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of like, Oh, Mm -hmm. really? (laughs) Um, and so we just always accepted Colin for Colin. We were just like, Oh, that's that's just Colin. That's just who he is. Right. Um, but yeah, so we, we went and did, um, the diagnostic testing in February and, uh, yeah, it was kind of pretty clear at that diag- diagnostic appointment, um, watching him. Cause it's, it's just a bunch of like games that they kind of play, but mm-hmm. that was actually focused. a question is what does that look like? <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really interesting because it's just a bunch of games that they play with, with them. Mm-hmm. Like they want them to see if they have, um, you know, an imagination or they can do imaginative play, if they can solve a puzzle from an example, if they can, um, you know, they want to watch them as they interact socially with the person that's um, running the tests. And so they, they're just observing behavior basically. Mm-hmm, right. Um, and then they, but also they have us fill out so many questionnaires about <laughs> his behavior. Like, I swear to God, we answered the same question like 10 times in two oh. ways. And I'm like, didn't we already answer this? Like, yeah. come on. Um, so we, after we filled out the surveys, we were kind of like, oh, maybe we're kind of seeing some things, but, uh, maybe, um, but yeah, so he got diagnosed after that with, uh, um, ADHD and autism. And, uh, after we got him on ADHD medication, his autistic, um, traits really started coming out after that. Really? Interesting. Yeah. It was so crazy because I was just like, I don't know. I don't really see the autism. Yeah, I guess kind of. But then as soon as we got him on um, medication, it was like, whoa, yeah, I do see it now. He has a hard time keeping eye contact. He 
Um, you know, he has a really hard time controlling his emotions and, um, it became really clear, uh, because, uh, a lot of autistic people need or would like to have a predictable schedule. Uh They don't like surprises. They don't, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't want anything. Um, it's really hard for them to be flexible. They call it rigid. Um, and so it became really clear to me one morning as I was driving him to school, um, and we were like there super early. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, let's just, you know, drive, take a little drive and we'll come back and it'll be fine. And he, he got so angry. Like he was banging on the windows and like, you know, he, it's a temper tantrum really yeah. is what it is, but you don't really expect a six year old at that point to really be doing that, you know? And, um, uh, yeah, so it became really clear after that that he does have autism. And so it was kind of like, oh, okay, wow, <laughs> we're doing this. We're really doing this. So we got him into therapy, and therapy has been um, amazing and super helpful. Uh, he's just grown leaps and bounds since he's been in therapy. That's year. great. How have you, how have you, how have you been doing since then? You know, how do, how do you feel? <laughs> That's kind of a big question. I know that. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> where do I start? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's um, all kinds of different emotions. Oh my goodness. It's so, it's so many different emotions. I feel like you go kind of go through the grieving process in a way because you think, um, your child is going to be one way or they're going to, their life is going to look a certain way. You know, I never was like, Oh, he's going to be a lawyer. He's going to be a doctor or anything like that. I just want him to be happy, whatever he does. Um, but you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the grieving process because you just realize your child's life is not going to go the way that you had maybe envisioned it. Um, I've heard that before grieving um, from special needs parents. Cause you, yeah. yeah, you realize like, that's not what all of your plans, like, especially, you know, I think like all of us when we're pregnant, like we have these like mm-hmm. dreams mm-hmm. and then, yeah, I've heard the word grieving, which I find is just a really interesting way to put it, but I totally see it. What kind of mom you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like you think about like, oh, I'm going to be this kind of mom. I'm going to do these things with my kids. Oh, and yeah. Whatnot. That didn't happen like... for me. <laughs> yeah. You get into it. And you're There's like, a lot more I'm yelling done. than I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Same, same. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I definitely had a, a depressive episode where I was able to function still and like, you know, get up and take care of lunches and take them to school and all. I have two boys. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely went through a tr- depressive episode where I was, you know, upset and crying and just having a hard time doing anything that I wanted to do. You know, I wasn't interested Mm -hmm. in anything. I really felt like I just wasn't uh, the mom that he needed. Like he needed a different mom, not me. He needed somebody else, somebody Mm -hmm. who could really handle his emotions because I have anxiety and it's just really hard when he has those big emotions because I, I don't know what to do sometimes. Um, So I started, I went back, I've gone to therapists off and on over the years. And so I, after he got diagnosed, I started going back into therapy and that has really helped. And I started um, taking medication daily to help with my depression too. And that was, uh, 
I mean, for me, that was the best decision to go on medication. I know some people don't want to, or, you know, Mm -hmm. aren't interested in that. And, but for me, (laughs) it was the best thing that I could have done for myself was just to get, get through that and get over that hump. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Right. Are you you for recognizing all of it? Oh, right. A lot of, especially in the military community, especially if you're by yourself, deployment, all that stuff, it's really easy to isolate yourself Mm -hmm. and just not ask for help and not, you know, take the initiative to get on medication or even like initiative to exercise. You know, exercise is great for people, but it's like when you're depressed and you can't even get out of bed, that's the last thing you want to do is put on different clothes and go for a walk, Mm -hmm. you know? So Yeah. yeah, it takes a lot of, a lot to do that. Sheena, are you in any like parent support or mom support groups or anything like that? Or is that a, is that something that's available? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, um, here in the DC, the capital region, the national capital region, um, they have another acronym (laughs) NCR, uh, add to the list. Yeah, exactly. Um, they have a lot of support groups. Um, so I haven't really got connected with a, a, especially like with the air force, there's the airmen and family readiness center. They have support groups too. I just, you know, everything is so far away and you have to drive here a lot and it takes forever to get anywhere. So I never, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't go to any of those support groups, but luckily his uh, elementary school does have a special needs group um, that partners with the PTA and we do a lot of get togethers. And so there's, you know, mom, a mom of a kiddo with Down syndrome, there's a mom of a kiddo with um, uh, food allergies. And we just talk about all the different struggles that we all go through. And it's, it's so helpful (laughs) to talk to other people who understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's amazing that that's available to you. So I'm really glad that you're utilizing that. Um, I like that the PTO is involved there. Yeah. 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 I've yeah. never seen that with a mm-hmm. with a PTA. It's it's amazing that they have yeah. that and they're doing yeah. it because it's like, yeah, parents need this. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you Just say PTO? I did. I what like, is that? It's another acronym. I think uh, it's yeah, organization. Because yeah. yeah. I saw you like looking like, I did like, I say wait. PTO? Uh-huh. Yeah. So it must be parent teacher organization. Yeah. But, I mean, it, they do the same thing. It yeah. Matter. Right. Same. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fine. PTO, PTA. <laughs> so, well, good. I'm glad that you have that, that, that support. That's really awesome that you're actually utilizing it, you know, too, because a lot of times there, there are those support groups and kind of getting into it is the first step and it's hard to take that first step, but that's Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. You know, it's always hard to put yourself out there and meet new people. And you sometimes think like, oh, nobody else is like me and has my experience, but you would be surprised how much you can relate to other people. Even if you come from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic statuses, like, you can really connect over, you know, if your child has the same diagnosis or even if they don't, even if your child just has a individualized education plan, there's another right. acronym, yep. an IEP. <laughs> IEP. Oh, is, that what, is that what IEP stands for? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. <laughs> We're learning all kinds of acronyms. I today. know. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's amazing to see how much you actually do have in common and what you can bond over. <laughs> right. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, and having someone that maybe you can just text at the end of the day and say, you know, today was really hard. 
Mm-hmm. This, this happened and this happened and what do I do? Or I just need somebody to just send this text message. I just need to press send on this text message, mm-hmm. you know, just so somebody yeah. knows how frustrated I am. So that's right. Got, Cause that's they can say, I, I understand and yeah. actually understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, cause that's like one thing that I kind of find awkward is when, if somebody vents to me about something that I just can't relate to, it's like, how do you respond? Because you can't say I understand cause you don't, Yeah, you know? So I think it's really important to have those people in your corner regardless of what the issue is in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also yeah. important for, for others who aren't experienced in it to, to learn about it. I think right. that's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why we, I thought we should talk about this because I don't know anything about it as a, mm-hmm. you know, as a person really, or as a parent. So it's important to learn about other, cause I know that growing up, you know, our kids are going to all, you're going to have all kinds of different kids in the classes and, you know, and, and so it's just important to talk about, mm-hmm. I think, in general. Yeah. And that makes me that makes me think about this other part of it is that like I had an idea of what autism was in my head before um, my son was diagnosed. And after he was diagnosed, I realized how wrong that idea was. Mm, um, that's really interesting. What was wrong mm-hmm. about? Like what was the difference that you or what what so, was before and after. Yes, yeah, so before. <laughs> so before he was diagnosed, I thought, you know, they kind of had like a flat affect. They were more of like a robot. They um uh they didn't have any emotions. They mm-hmm. couldn't understand emotions. And um after I realized there are some people that have autism that talk like a robot. There are some people that are nonverbal. It autism manifests in so many different ways, but there's um, the main is the main way is that they don't understand social cues and social interactions. Okay. So, like, I thought because I'm a, I'm an English teacher, yeah. Um, and so I thought, oh, they don't understand idioms like it's raining cats and dogs, or <laughs> right, got it. Uh, <laughs> things like that. But no, they, they can understand it. If you explain it, it's more of, if you say, um, I, okay, I'll get to that in a minute. They will come back to you in a minute. They yeah. everything yeah. literally, it's literally black and white, literal. Yeah. And if you, if you say you're going to do something, they expect you to, to do it. And yeah, so they, they view the world as very black and white. And also, like, they're, if they know that something is a rule, they will follow it. At least my son. I, should, I guess I should just speak to my son's experience. But he, if he knows the rules, again, black and white, he will follow the rule. And yeah. he hasn't had really any issues since, um, at least for first grade, um, with following the rules. Once we made it clear, like, this is what you need to do, he's like, oh. And then he, he goes off and he does it. It's, it's amazing. Once you understand how that child or person, how their autism works, it's amazing yeah. how you can connect with them. And it's not that he's, he doesn't understand emotions. He does understand emotions. It's just sometimes he has a hard time reading what other emotions people mm, are mm-hmm. um, showing, you know? So well- we work on that a lot, at least with his therapist, he works on that a lot. Yeah. And I would imagine the person's feeling right now. Yes. That's what I was just about to say. I would imagine it would be like showing up at a party and you know how you show up at a party and people like there's tension in the air or whatever. He he probably can't 
pick that up or, you know, or, or, um, maybe nervousness from another person or something like that. I'm thinking that maybe it, cause those are, those would be social cues that I would think that would be difficult. Mm-hmm. To, like reading other people, I think might be difficult. I don't know. That's just the way that I'm interpreting it. That could be wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's part of that. And it's like, you have a conversation with him and he right now, his big thing is he wants to talk about geography. He wants to talk about all the countries in the world and their capitals and blah. And he, he'll just go on. And you know, with a normal conversation, you can tell, like, oh, it's time to move on to something yeah, else. You know right. what I mean? It's time to move past that. He <laughs> does not read that at all. And he just continues to talk to you about it and continue to ask you questions. And so I've learned that I'm, I have to say to him, okay, can, can we talk about something else now? Can we talk about this? And then he's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And right. so, you know, it's, it's more of like, I don't want to say self-centered, but it's, more self-centered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, mean, I feel like it's actually a blessing and a curse because I can remember times where like I'm reading the energy of people and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do that one thing that I wanted to really, really do right. or to say. <laughs> now I'm just going to be like quiet in the corner. So I mean, yeah. you can take that as a positive. He's going to do whatever he wants. Very honest. And not care about other people and what they right. think. Oh yeah. He'll, and he'll say things in front, in front of people. He'll tell everybody everything. (laughs) There, there is no, like, like, uh, the last week our dog was sick. And so I was telling him, you know, your therapist is coming today. Like she probably doesn't want to hear all the details about how butter was sick. And you, I mean, you can tell her he was sick. That's fine. But you know, don't go into what happened in the house. (laughs) So (laughs) I can only imagine what happened Uh in the house. (laughs) Know what mom did today. (laughs) (laughs) So then he tells her, you know, he's, well, he, first of all, he's like, well, why, why can't I tell her? I'm like, right. Some people don't want to hear all the details about how he was sick and what we had to do to help him. And you know, what we had to clean up. Like some people don't really want to hear about that. And, <laughs> um, so he was like, Oh, okay. So he just told her he was sick. Um, and then that was it. I was like, wow, if I just explained to him the like social aspect of not wanting to talk about certain things, He'll, he'll get it. Then and he understands. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense, <laughs> I guess. But right. he, he wants to know all the details. Mm. <laughs> wow. Well, y'all, we only have a couple more minutes left and I feel like we could talk about this forever. Um, I just have, I have a question for you, Sheena. And then if there's anything else that you feel like we need to talk about before we, lo- we sign off, um, then let's, let's go ahead and cover that. But I wanted to ask you, um, if there is anybody out there that thinks that maybe their child might be autistic or, or any, any advice that you have for anybody just from your personal experience, I'd love if you could share it with us so that our listeners can have that information. Yeah, definitely. I had some inklings when he was younger. There were some, some things that I was concerned about. And I would say if you are concerned about it, then go ahead and do the screening uh, as young as, as you start seeing signs. Go ahead and talk to your pediatrician about seeing a screening or getting a screening done, an autism screening done. Um, because the earlier that you catch these things and the earlier you put them into therapy, the easier it is for kids because um, their brains are so malleable before mm-hmm. age five. And then once they get to, not that they can't change, but it just gets harder and harder the older that they get right. to 
help them figure out coping skills. So as soon as you feel like there is something, talk to your pediatrician. Um, but there's also a ton of resources out there. Um, I really like Attitude, which is ADHD, the magazine. Um, it's about ADHD and ADD, but um, it has a lot of good information just about OCD or uh, autism. It, it has a lot of, because they feel um, a lot of people with autism also have ADHD. Yep. So okay. a lot of it is, is pertinent to um, kids that have autism. So I would suggest that you go, they have an autism screen like checklist that you can go through on their website. So I would definitely um, suggest that. And then also um, Autism Speaks is a good organization that can, you can also do another checklist on there to see if maybe your child uh, fits some of the definitions. And I think if, if you check yes on any of those, talk to your pediatrician and see if you can get a screening done. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I second that as a early childhood professional back in the day. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. The earlier, the better. I forget that, yeah. you, Leslie, you, you did that. I don't know why I, I was doing that. that. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, just the brain is so, just like you said, like adaptive when they're little. I mean, it's, it's really amazing how much you can, how easy they pick things up at that yes. before five. Like it's, yeah. So it's earlier, amazing. the better. Yes. Good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank well, you. we're coming yeah, on here today and talking about this because I do know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of parents out there that are, that are on the struggle bus and they just, like you said, it's just nice to know that there's somebody else that you can relate to. Yeah. Thanks regardless. for having me. I appreciate mm -hmm. you guys letting me talk about it because I, I feel the same way. I think people need to, to know uh, mm -hmm. what to do. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Well, Sheena, how can everybody get in touch with you and where can they find you and all of that kind of good stuff? Um, so I have pod, the podcast, Dear Mill Family Podcast is on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And uh, they can go to dearmillfamily.com or if they have any questions, uh, feel free to email me at dearmillfamily at gmail.com. And I, I'd be happy to answer your questions. And of course, you can reach me on any of those social media platforms. I respond probably within a day. <laughs> yeah. We're right. all on social media. 48 hours. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I have a random, totally random fun fact. Earlier you were talking about this, the saying raining cats and dogs. Uh-huh. So I recently learned why they, that saying exists. Okay. Oh. And so because back in the day when they had houses where everybody slept like in lofts mm -hmm. and okay. they had thatch, like the roofing was... You know, it was like straw and that kind of stuff. The cats mm -hmm. and dogs would sleep up in the eaves of that. And so when it had bad weather, the rain would soak through and literally like make the cats and dogs fall through the straw. Oh my God. And it would That's fall it. onto the bed. That is right? hilarious. So if it was raining really hard, it was literally raining cats and dogs because they all slept at the top. And that's why people have canopy beds because the canopies would catch everything that would fall. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Isn't that random and crazy? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Here it comes. Nice oh, green awesome. thought of the day. Right. Thank I you. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that is a wrap of, is this our last recording of the year? 
No. Uh, no, I think we have one more. We have one more. Yeah, we have one more. <laughs> but Sheena, thanks so much for being part of our show today. We really appreciate it. And um, we will definitely catch you over at the Dear Mill Family Podcast. Thank Absolutely. you so much. And to all our listeners, thanks so much for listening. And we'll be back in two weeks. All righty. Bye, y'all. Bye.